Hello and welcome into another episode of Lockdown Wolves. Today on the show, it's all about the NBA GM survey. The Timberwolves finished in a surprising place in the Western Conference rankings for the season. A survey of NBA GMs on where the Wolves will finish. Really surprising. Plus, everyone loves Anthony Edwards. Tons of Ant mentions in this survey. We'll break down all the Wolves mentions here on the show today. Welcome in. You are Lockdown Wolves. You are Locked On Timberwolves. Your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome into another episode of Locked On Wolves. The Locked On Wolves podcast is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. Today's episode is brought to us by our friends at Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's Jace Medical, J-A-S-E medical.com. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Happy hump day. And a big thank you, first of all, for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms, wherever you like to listen to podcasts, you can find Lockdown Wolves. You can also watch on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV, along with all the other Minnesota podcasts. Of course, the Twins still battling in the playoffs, the ALDS round against the Astros, the Vikings trying to bounce back, trade deadline upcoming, the Golden Gophers trying to bounce back as well, and then also the Wilds starting their season this week too. More great local sports coverage 24-7, and it's free. Download the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app today on Roku and Amazon Fire TV. You can also follow the show on X, at B Beacon, and also at Locked on T-Wolves. Don't forget the T. All right, taking a break from our player preview series, we have the big three still to preview. Rudy Gobert, Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards. But we're going to go ahead and push that a day because the NBA GM survey came out on Tuesday, and I wanted to dig into all the different Wolves mentions, about a dozen or so Timberwolves mentions in this survey. And I want to break down... Uh, well, first of all, obviously, Anthony Edwards was mentioned the most, so we'll get into what that means here in a moment. But then also the Western Conference standings prediction, and I want to start there. Uh, first, let me just kind of set the table. If you're not super familiar with with what this GM survey is, it's pretty self-explanatory. But the background is that NBA.com does this every single year. They've been doing it now for uh, 22 seasons, and they survey general managers um, and, I guess, whomever um, – well, let's see. Okay, so the way that they say they say general managers could not vote for their own team or personnel. Percentages are based on the pool of respondents to the particular question rather than all 30 GMs. So all 30 GMs were asked 50 questions. They didn't necessarily answer all of them. So the percentages aren't uniform across the board, but for the most part we can kind of surmise, you know, if there's if uh, there's 3% of a vote, that's one vote. If there's 7%, that's two votes. That's kind of the 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 quick the quick, dirty math on this, if we want to kind of talk about it that way instead of a percentage. So let's start with the conference standings rankings. And what was asked of the um, what was asked of the GMs was to vote one through four. So this isn't like a true rank one through fifteen in the Western Conference. It's vote one through four, and then if you know if a team. Well, here I'll give an example. Like in the Eastern Conference. Atlanta finished with a single fourth place vote. Nobody else had them in their top four. So based on that rankings, 
Atlanta's seventh in the Western Conference, or excuse me, the Eastern Conference. So it's not that clean. Like it's not like somebody went through and said, all right, here's my Eastern Conference, Boston, Milwaukee, Cleveland, Philadelphia, New York. It's GMs were asked to vote for the top four, four points to the first team, three points for the second team, two for the third team, and first for the fourth team, and so on. Well, not so on. That's actually it. And that's why you come up with this one through seven. So with that said, the Timberwolves aren't on this list for the Western Conference rankings, and there are 10 teams mentioned, and they're not mentioned at all. It doesn't necessarily mean that nobody, none of the GMs, think the Wolves will finish in the top 10. It means that none of them think they'll finish in the top four in the Western Conference, which maybe isn't that big of a surprise, but it's a bit jarring if you look at the survey. There's 10 Western Conference teams listed, ordered one through 10, and there's no Minnesota on that list. Last season, the Timberwolves on this in the same survey were tied for sixth in the survey because there were plenty of GMs that thought they could end up in the top four. This year, Denver got 70% of votes for first in the West. Phoenix got 23%. Phoenix got 50% of the votes for second. The Lakers got the most votes. Well, actually, no. Golden State got the most votes for third at 37%. But there were 20% of respondents that had the Lakers at second. So that means, given the points breakdown, it goes Denver, Phoenix, LA, Lakers, Golden State, the Clippers, fifth. The Clippers, by the way, got 23% of votes for third place. And then it gets pretty tight together in terms of percentage of votes, but it goes Denver, Phoenix, Lakers, Golden State is your top four. Clippers at five, Memphis six, New Orleans and Sacramento tied for seven, Dallas at nine, and Oklahoma City at 10. That means that somebody thinks OKC is going to finish fourth. It means that nobody thinks Minnesota is going to finish in the top four. I've been kind of casually saying all along this offseason the Wolves should be a top four or five seed in the West. That's obviously the goal. I don't think it's reasonable to say they need to be the top two in the top two. I think it's reasonable to say they need to be in the top five. And I was saying the same thing last year. I think my final prediction was that they'd be fifth in the West. Um, and they finished, you know, they ended up at the eighth seed in the Western Conference, of course, but, um, you know, were the seventh, uh, had the seventh best record in the regular season. So this was a bit surprising to me. It doesn't mean, again, I want to reiterate this, it doesn't mean that nobody thinks the Wolves will make the playoffs. It means that nobody thinks they'll get home court advantage, which is maybe fair given the depth of the West. Like, you look at this list of teams, it's not easy to pick out one and say, all right, well, they're not going to make it. Like, obviously, last year, Dallas didn't make it, right? New Orleans, the Wolves ended up beating New Orleans um, to uh, to force them. New Orleans ended up losing to OKC in the play obviously, but the Wolves beat New Orleans in game 82 last year. So, like, New Orleans and Dallas are two that weren't in last year that are in now, according to this, uh, according to this exercise. The Clippers are the biggest swing team always because of Kawhi and Paul George and injuries. Um, so, like, that's three right there that you could easily say the Wolves could finish ahead of those teams. Obviously, OKC, the Wolves beat last year in the play-in, and um, they're expected to take a big jump because they just, they're they're a painfully young team that got really good experience last year. They're well-coached. They obviously get Chet Holmgren. So it's understandable to say OKC is going to be better this year, sure, um, I think it's pretty much the same, basically 11 teams kind of battling for those 10 spots. I don't know that like first year of, of, um, of Wemby and San Antonio, they're not going to, you know, they're not going to vault up much higher. Houston's going to try and be more competitive. Utah will be competitive, I think. Um, and I think Portland actually ended up with a decent roster. None of those teams, I, I think, are going to legitimately challenge for a, a top 10 playoff spot when it's all said and done. So I think you're looking at kind of that same grouping of teams. The question is, can the Wolves, and, and I'll predict this as we get actually either next week or maybe early the week of the start of the season, I'll do a full Western Conference pr prediction and I could kind of revisit what I did last year too, or what I predicted last year and how that shook out. Um, but so this isn't like a full projection by any means, 
But the Wolves are certainly going to be in the top 10 in the West. The question is, can they break into the top five or six, or are they in the play-in again next season? And and we'll actually get to that. Well, actually, let's talk about that now. Another one of the questions in the survey was, which team has the toughest season to predict this year? Um, I'm going to find the exact question. Uh, let's see. Uh, I mean, it's basically that. Uh, where'd it go? There it is. Um, which team's level of success this season is toughest to predict? So the Sixers are number one at 30% because uh, who knows with James Harden, right? The Mavs and OKC tied at second. I get that. I- I'm a little unsure about the Mavs, I guess because you look at the star power of Luka and also Kyrie and how good they were two years ago going to the conference finals. And then last year, missing the playoffs altogether. I guess you could see that variance. Um, to me, I think it's pretty easy to predict. It'll be somewhere in the middle. I think it's very likely they make the playoffs, but they're not as the conference finals thing a couple years ago was a, was pretty fluky. I don't want to say it's a complete fluke. It was fluky. And the roster is worse than it was two years ago. In my opinion, I know they have Kyrie. I just think it's a worse overall roster. So I think that's easier to predict. OKC, I get that because you could make the argument that they're going to jump to five or six, depending on how good you think Chet's going to be as a rookie. But SGA is legitimately one of the best 10 players in the league, in my opinion. Um, New Orleans is always tough because of Zion. The Clippers are always tough because of injuries. The Suns are in that toughest to predict list, too. Obviously, they've had some roster change, too, with Aiton and Chris Paul no longer there. Um, but the Wolves are under the also receiving votes, which means they got either one or two votes because the top uh, six teams mentioned all had at least 10%. So likely the Wolves got one vote for toughest to predict. I get that, right? The high end of this roster, we we talked about this on a, a show a couple of weeks ago. The high end of this roster, like the Wolves are the only team in the league that has four players impacted by the new rest rules, right? Because it's like players in the last three years to make All-NBA or All-Star. I mean, Towns, Gobert, Anthony Edwards, and Mike Conley. There's no other team that has four players that can say that. It's obviously not the cleanest measure because Rudy was down a bit last year and Conley's old and I get it. Um, But the high end, and then you talk about somebody who's going to get all defensive votes and Jaden McDaniels, like the top of this roster is so talented. It's just do the pieces fit together well enough and can Chris Finch cobble it all together and have a great coaching job? I understand why people think this team is hard to figure out. I don't know what to do with them either at this point. Like, I don't know what... At this point, where my my Western Conference, where they'll sit in my final predictions of the West. Um, So it's understandable to me that nobody has them in the top four and that at least one GM, maybe two, said the Wolves will have the toughest season to predict in terms of level of success. Because the other thing is, and we'll talk about Ant next, what does an Ant breakout look like? How extreme is a potential Ant breakout? Are we talking like top three player in the league? Are we talking all NBA? Um, you know, what, what's the next true step for Anthony Edwards? That's one of the questions that was somewhat addressed in this survey. So we'll get to that here next. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our title sponsors over at Jace Medical. Jace Medical has the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. And uh, it's going to come in handy this fall and winter as you get ready to travel for the holidays. Um, if you've got kids and, um, you know, one of them gets, I don't know, ear infections, strep throat, whatever, and it's hard to get to the doctor, get the prescription filled, deal with urgent care, whatever that might be. Um, and in my mind, traveling is the other thing, like traveling with my family. If I'm going to be driving through all kinds of weather come Thanksgiving, Christmas time, um, I want to have peace of mind. And the Jace case provides just that. All it takes to get a Jace case is to fill out a simple online form. In some cases, you might jump on a quick call with one of their board-certified physicians. Get ongoing care from their physicians on any treatment-related questions doctor-created and doctor-recommended. Simply put, you don't want to be caught unprepared. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected 
And in this day and age, there's plenty of unexpected. We could talk about supply chain, plenty of, of you know terrible unrest as always, but especially now going on overseas. We recently had a pandemic, reliance on China and other places in the world to get the right antibiotics at the right time in time. Um, shortages, supply chain, I mentioned supply chain, like that's, that's the biggest thing in my mind um, in terms of issues getting these medications but it's simple to get the Jace case from Jace Medical. Just go online, fill out a form, you get a prescription, and that life-saving medication delivered right to your door. The Jace case gives you that peace of mind. So you're not just hoping you have access to medication in an emergency, but you know that you have it in hand thanks to Jace Medical. You can get $20 off right now on these life-saving antibiotics today from Jace Medical by using my code Locked On at checkout at jacemedical.com. Again, code Locked On to get 20 bucks off. That's Jace Medical, J-A-S-E Medical.com. All right, a big thank you once again for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, every dayers tomorrow we'll be back into player previews. I believe we'll do Rudy Gobert on Thursday, and then we'll probably do Cat on Friday and save Ant for early next week. We also have a preseason game on Saturday, so we'll be talking about that as we move closer to Wolves-Knicks on Saturday night. So all that is upcoming here this week. Again, a big thank you for making this show your first listen every single day. All right. Continuing on this NBA GM survey conversation, the Wolves are not in the top 10. Last year, they tied for sixth in that poll. We talked about that. We talked about the Wolves having the toughest season to predict, according to GMs, uh, or one of the toughest seasons to predict. Let's talk about Anthony Edwards. He's the Wolves player that was mentioned the most in this survey. Uh, the first mention for him is one of the, uh, or would be uh, ranking fifth in the which player would you sign to start a franchise question. So if you were starting a franchise today, could sign any player in the NBA, who would it be? Number And this is like, there's no qualifiers here. It's not like which rookie, which veteran. It's just any player to start a team. Number one, Nikola Jokic, 33%. Makes a ton of sense, right? I, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but like, put simply, you could put a bunch of different guys around him and be successful. You could build a team around a versatile big, right? There's this whole thing about how championship teams don't, their best players never bigs. Well, obviously that was the case last year with Denver changed, right? But he's a versatile big. He can pass. He obviously can rebound. He's good enough defensively when he needs to be and they're put in the right role, but you could build a team around him as Tim Connolly and now Calvin Booth have done in Denver to be consistently competitive and also win a championship. So that makes a ton of sense. Victor Wembanyama, number two, to have a rookie number two says a lot, 23%. Giannis, number three at 13%. Last year, by the way, Giannis got 55% of this vote. I think that's a little unfair to Giannis. I mean, Milwaukee was still really good last year, and there's a lot of reasons why we could argue that they took a slight step backwards. So Giannis dropping from 55% to 13% is crazy, but it's also that recency bias, what have you done for me lately type attitude. So I get that. Luka is still number four at 10%. I mean, come on. Like, I get it. He's still one of the top five players in the league, sure. But they missed the playoffs last year, and he was relatively healthy, right? No major ailments for him. Um so that's a bit surprising. Ant is number five at 7%, which I believe would be two votes out of the 30 GMs. Each receiving a vote would be Steph Curry, Joel Embiid, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Jason Tatum. None of those really surprise me. So for Luca to get what looks like three votes and say Steph, Embiid, SGA, and Tatum each only getting one vote is kind of crazy. Ant getting two votes, that feels about right. Like, I wouldn't pick Ant number one, right? I would still pick Jokic. I'd probably put Giannis two on my ballot. And I'd maybe go SGA three, Ant four. I mean, like, I still think Ant 
probably has a higher ceiling than SGA because of the scoring capability um, of Ant and just how like SGA is athletic. He's long. He's uh, he's the better player right now. There's no question about that. But Ant's ceiling is still like, I you know I I don't want to get too hyperbolic here, but it's absolutely Hall of Fame level, right? SGA is absolutely an All Star and an MVP candidate, and he will be if the if the Thunder finish top six this year. He's probably got a shot at the MVP. Um, again, no question, SGA is the better player in a vacuum right now. But Ant's ceiling is so astronomical. I'd probably put Ant third or fourth on my ballot. SGA's in there too. Um, but the well-roundedness of SGA is is what puts him in that conversation. So finishing fifth there for a guy that's only a one-time All-Star and has yet to be on an All-NBA team is pretty impressive. Related to that, there's a question, which player is most likely to have a breakout season in 23-24? There's no um, qualifications here. There's no like guidelines as to what that means. It's a pretty open-ended question, obviously. Ant finished number one by himself, 23%. Got one more vote than Cade Cunningham at number two at 20%. I don't understand how Cade got 20%. I like Cade Cunningham, and he looked much better last year. But having him there is kind of crazy. But like the rest of the guys on this list, none of them are all-star players, actually. Well, there's a couple, I guess, and the others receiving votes, but none of them have been all-stars. So it depends on how you define a breakout, right? Like, is a breakout going from a good player to an all-star? Is it going from an all-star to an all-world, all-NBA player? That's obviously what that would be for Ant. Last year, Evan Mobley won this category 21% of the vote. This year, Evan Mobley was in the also-receiving votes uh, kind of grouping there. Ant had 23% at number one. Cade Cunningham, number two, at 20%. Franz Wagner, number three, at 13%. Paolo Bancaro and Tyrese Maxey tied for fourth with 7%. And then a bunch of guys received a single vote. Desmond Bain... Mikel Bridges, Terry Salberton, Chet Holmgren. Uh, to pick a rookie uh, to win this is interesting. Kyrie Irving, Jaden McDaniels received a vote. Evan Mobley, Alperin's Shangun, and Zion Williamson, which I guarantee you he's gotten a vote on this list for the last five years or however long he's been in the league. So it, that's a pretty serious list to win, and it makes a ton of sense, right? And I think it's going back to my last point. A breakout for Ant would be so astronomically impressive because of his ceiling, if we're talking Ant breakout, and last year wasn't it, getting to to, to all-star, we're talking like potentially top five, six, seven player in the NBA. Like that's what an Ant breakout would be in my mind. There's obviously some middle ground there. You could be all NBA, second or third team, which he wasn't this year. And that's kind of the next natural step. But I think the 23% here, you know, the, the six or seven votes that he got, uh, probably seven votes to have a breakout season, those people are expecting him to become a top flight NBA player, like a legitimate superstar. And that's absolutely a possibility this year for Ant. The most interesting Anthony Edwards mention here, in my mind, is in the question, the answer to the question, who is the best shooting guard in the NBA? He finished tied for third in this vote behind Devin Booker, who blew the category away with 63%, and Steph Curry, who got 10%, even though he's a point guard. So basically, Ant finished second in this vote. And I'll explain what I mean by that. Um, so back up a little. Who's the best point guard in the NBA? Steph wins with 63%. Luka second, 27%. Distant third, SGA with 7%. Damian Lillard got a single vote at uh, and finished fourth. So you have Steph Curry, who got 63% in one category, 10% in the other. So take him off the table, right? Luka Doncic, take him off the table. He's in the point guard category. He should be. SGA, same thing. So now you're left with Devin Booker, Anthony Edwards, and then the others receiving votes were Jimmy Butler and Jason Tatum. Now look at last year's All-NBA teams. This is this is the, the wonky 
position stuff with the NBA, right? So there's three all-NBA teams, two guards on each team. There's no, remember, there's not a point guard, shooting guard designation. It's guards, forwards, centers. Um, and and this may be changing this year anyway, the designations, or I think it is changing for sure this year. Um, but the two guards last year on the first team were SGA and Luka, both point guards. Second team, Donovan Mitchell, Steph Curry. Donovan Mitchell's a shooting guard. Third team, Darren Fox, Damian Lillard. Both point guards. So five of the six guards on last year's NBA teams were point guards. There weren't any shooting guards besides Donovan Mitchell. And look who isn't mentioned in this GM survey for best shooting guard in the league. Donovan Mitchell didn't get a single vote for best shooting guard. Now, this isn't like ranking shooting guards because he's probably, I, I think he'd have to rank second or third, right? Depending on how you uh, assign positions here. But he he didn't get a single vote for best shooting guard. Anthony Edwards got two votes for best shooting guard in the NBA. Devin Booker should win that category. I get it. And the only reason, by the way, he wasn't on the All-NBA list, of course, last year was number of games played. He played, what, 53 games last season. So that's why Booker didn't make All-NBA. So I understand why Booker's number one. But if you take Steph, Luka, SJ off the table, Ant's the only other true shooting guard to get more than one vote for best shooting guard in the NBA. Jimmy Butler's in that conversation. Um, and by the way, he made All-NBA second team as a forward last year. Jason Tatum also made All-NBA as a forward last year. So this is it's more to do with the stickiness of positional uh, assignments, if you will, Like because of all the guys on this list, Booker and Edwards are the only ones that are true shooting guards, right? A lot of people would say Jimmy Butler's a three, Jason Tatum's a three slash four, um, but this is how GMs are voting. So my big takeaway is, other than Devin Booker, and I would argue Jimmy Butler as a two, then it's Ant, right? Like if you're talking true shooting guards league-wide, you have to pick Ant. Now, the, the the very specific positional designations are silly, and I get that, but it's a pretty interesting context, I think, for, you know, or, or maybe evidence for what front offices think of Anthony Edwards and just how impressive he is. One last Ant thing before we move on to the rest of the Wolves mentioned. Anthony Edwards finished third uh, for the question, who's the most athletic player in the NBA? And um, he was behind John Morant, who got 34% of the vote. Giannis got 28%. Ant was one spot after that with 24%. So there was a clear top three, because then it drops off to Zion at 7%. And only two other players, Jalen Green and Shaden Sharp, even got votes. So Ant finishes third and most athletic behind Ja and Giannis. That sounds right to me. I, like, I don't know how you quantify this exactly. I You could absolutely argue Ant's the most athletically impressive of the three of them. Obviously, Giannis for his size, you could make that argument. Ja for his size, dunking over guys at a, as a smaller, much smaller player than Anthony Edwards is impressive. Um, I think the overall like most athletic, impressive, impressive athletic specimen would have to be Anthony Edwards, which sounds weird to say, and I feel kind of gross saying it, but just given his, uh, I mean, he's built like a running back. How often do you hear people say that? He's like a six, five, six, six running back. Running backs are never over six feet tall in the NFL, right? That's how he's built, but he's tall, right? He's much bigger than Ja. He's obviously not as lanky as Giannis. So um, those three are the right answers. Like you could pick any one of the three. So to have Anted that three makes a ton of sense. All right. There was one Wolves player mentioned, uh, one rookie Wolves player mentioned. Mike Conley and Rudy Gobert also mentioned a couple categories. And Chris Finch mentioned too. We'll get to all that here next as we close out the show today. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is also brought to us by our friends at FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers at FanDuel can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose, and all you have to do is put down 5 bucks 
If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. Of course, NFL season, we're rolling into week six, uh, kicks off tomorrow night. Um, college football, we're at the midway point, believe it or not, of college football, and also the start of basketball. We'll talk win totals here in the next couple of weeks on the show a bit more. There's plenty of stuff to get in on over at FanDuel. There's a wide range of betting options there, and the app is so easy to use. You can bet on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash on and kick off the NFL season there. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, let's close today's show by talking about other Wolves players mentioned in the survey besides Anthony Edwards. And uh, let's talk about Leonard Miller first. Leonard Miller was actually mentioned under uh, the biggest steal of the draft, which is, this was mentioned a bunch, right? Like a lot of people said this, what was it? Sam Vecini at the Athletic had him as a lottery pick this year. There were others that thought he should be a lottery picker at the very least a late first rounder. Um, I mean, the list here is Cam Whitmore won with 43% easily, 20th overall to Houston. Uh, Scoot Henderson, who was picked third, actually got 10% of the vote. That's probably three votes. He was tied for second in this voting. Um, The only second rounders on this list were under the also receiving votes category. Imani Bates with Cleveland, of course, he was, I think, the number one high school recruit a couple years ago. It was, was what, him and Chet, I believe. Um, He was drafted 49th by Cleveland, Leonard Miller to Minnesota at 33. Jordan Walsh, 38, to Boston. Those were the only second-round picks on this list. So he was one of three second-round picks to get a vote. Uh, we talked about, we did we did the Miller preview, I think, last week. And he's not going to be a rotation guy early, but could he find his way in the rotation by the end of the year? I think that's absolutely on the table. Um, so interesting to see at least one GM commended the Wolves for drafting Leonard Miller where they did. Now let's talk Rudy Gobert. Best defensive player in the NBA. Rudy Gobert still got a vote. It looks like one vote because there were six players that got at least 7%, which implies two votes. Under the also receiving votes, Alex Caruso, the Bulls, well, I should actually say you got the top six. Giannis won with 40% easily. Drew Holiday, number two, with 13%. Then it drops to Draymond Green and Marcus Smart at 10 each. Jaron Jackson and Kawhi Leonard each with 7%. Also receiving votes, Alex, Alex, Alexi, Alex Caruso with the Bulls, Anthony Davis, Lou Dort with Oklahoma City, and then Rudy Gobert also got a vote for best This is best all-around defensive player in the league. Again, Giannis got 40%. Last year, got 48%. But in terms of best interior defense, last year, Rudy Gobert got 83% of the vote for best interior defender. He's still second on this list this year, but this whole thing got blown up and it's split out now. Jaron Jackson Jr., of course, uh, defensive player of the year, got 30%, number one, which, by the way, that should be higher for a guy that won that award. 30% 30% number one, tied for second, Rudy Gobert and Brooke Lopez each got 17%, which is probably six or seven, probably six votes out of the 30 GMs have Gobert and Lopez tied for second behind uh, Triple J with the Grizzlies. Anthony Davis and Draymond Green each at 13%. Giannis got 7% and Evan Mobley with 3%. Um, so Gobert still scored well and frankly a little bit better than I thought. I, I just think the narrative has kind of gotten away. Uh, like Rudy was still really good last year. He just it just pales in comparison to how good he was the two or three years before that. Like he was really good, like by like by far the best interior defender in the league for multiple seasons. And so even though he was still way above average and one of the best in the league, that gap is pretty significant because of how good he was. Like we can penalize him because of how good he was previously. Now, uh, we talked about this the other day. We'll we'll get into it more as we get into the the player preview for Rudy uh, tomorrow. How much of that is being on the wrong side of 30, how much of it is the new uh, new team, new uh, acclimating, new defensive scheme, et cetera. Not that, I mean, what the Wolves did defensively was pretty similar to what Utah did. Like, there's a lot of factors to try and parse, 
but still good to see him rank second on this list. I was a little bit surprised that he was that high, frankly. Um, those were the two Rudy mentions. Chris Finch actually received uh, what looks like four votes for the best uh, for the head coach that runs the best offense. He was one of only seven coaches to get votes. So seven out of 30 got at least one vote. Finch ranked fourth. Mike Brown finished first with 33%. Steve Kerr second with 23%. Usually he wins. In fact, last year, Kerr got 62%. But again, what have you done for me lately? Golden State took a step backwards last year, so Kerr goes from 62% to 23%. Michael Malone third at 17%. I would maybe go Kerr Malone top two. Chris Finch fourth at 13%. Rick Carlisle with the Pacers 7%. Also receiving votes, Nick Nurse and Quinn Snyder. I was surprised Chris Finch got fourth. His reputation is obviously preceding him here um, because last season the Wolves were like 23rd, 24th in offensive rating. They were a bad offensive team for the vast majority of the season. There's no way around that. And Finch was at the helm, right? He was the coach of this team. I think there's he's worked with a lot of a lot of teams as an assistant, and I'm sure that there's front office guys who have interacted with him and, and know he's a great offensive mind. And so there's some reputation stuff here. Some uh, I'm not at all suggesting they just voted him there because they're friends or whatever, but I, I think because of how many organizations he's been with and how impressive he's been as an assistant. And also like two years ago, the Wolves were really good offensively, right? So all that to say, it's not based on last year's performance because last year's Wolves offense was not good. Uh, I do think this year they'll bounce back offensively. And we'll talk more about that. Uh, We've talked about it a bunch this off season, but as we get closer to the regular season, we'll talk more about some predictions and, and where I think the Wolves offense will land league wide. But, uh, I think that he'll be in the same spot next year. I think he'll be in the top five in terms of head coach, head coaches who run the best offense. I think his the actual on-court results will catch up with um, who he is as a coach and the system he runs. Uh, so good to see him still get that respect here. I think that's great. Um, and then the last thing would be Mike Conley in the question, which active player will make the best head coach someday? Chris Paul wins that category again at 20%. He won last year with 32%. Conley tied for second with 13%, which is likely four votes, tied with Garrett Temple of the Toronto Raptors, which surprised me a bit. TJ McConnell on the list with 10%, Drew Holiday, Fred Van Vliet, each with 7%, and a bunch of guys each got a single vote. This is a weird question. Somebody voted for Jokic? Like, I don't know. Doesn't strike me. I Like, I don't... Is Jokic... Does he want a coach? I don't know. Uh, but Mike Conley, I can absolutely see that. Makes a ton of sense. And of course, everybody in the top five is a point guard. Like, that's not surprising at all. But uh, Mike Conley finishing tied for second with 13%. Uh, nice to see the Timberwolves have a dozen mentions here on this uh, uh, in this GM survey. So the biggest surprise to me is the Anthony Edwards tied for third for best shooting guard in the league and also the Wolves not getting a single vote out of 30 GMs to finish in the top four in the West surprised me a little bit because, again, the high ceiling, the high end, high ceiling of this team is top four. It absolutely is. Like, that's not crazy, especially if you believe Ant's going to have a breakout and Towns is going to be healthy. Um you just need Rudy and Jaden McDaniels to be like what they were last year, but you know, Rudy a little bit better. And um, you have a whole season of Mike Conley, which fits better than D'Lo. The case is there that the high end for this team should absolutely be top four in the West. I don't think there's any question. I'm not saying that's likely. I'm saying it's the high ceiling possibility for this team. It's not outside the realm of possibilities either. All right. That's all we have for you today. Of course, we'll be back to player previews tomorrow on Thursday's show. We'll do Rudy Gobert. A big thank you for once again making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. You can also watch the show on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. You can also follow on X at Lockdown T Wolves and at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, C K E N. 
course, the Locked On Wolves podcast is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Remember, the Locked On Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Locked On Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.